Your, the flow is all yours with regards to your segment So that is being knowing my Lord And yeah we can do a recap inshallah Tafatul Shukran bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi wahda wa salatu wa salamu ala malla nabiya ba'd Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasid li amri Wahlul ugdatan min lisani yafqahu kawli Allahumma allimna bima yanfa'una Wa anfa'ana bima allamtana Wa rizukna ajman Yadha al-jalali wal-ikram Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all our listeners out there. Alhamdulillah, thanks and praises due to Allah always and forever. Then live in salam on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the last and final messenger whom Allah has sent to this hour to humanity, to all of us, so that he can guide us, can lead us, direct us, nurture us and lead us under the sirat al-mustaqim, ya Rabb, to be of success to ourselves and to others. In this dunya, following his path and to be of the best of humanity. May Allah grant us to be of those, inshallah, to follow that path. Us and all those who want to follow that path. Allahumma amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Love and salam upon him, his family, his friends, and all those who follow his path. May Allah grant us to be amongst him. Amin. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Alhamdulillah, thanks and praises to Allah. Love and salam and our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And before we get into this segment, I'd love to be able to remind us of uh, uh, um, the, uh, We want to make dua first, inshallah If you don't mind, can we put our hands together? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahmanir Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka Na'abudu wa Iyaka Nasta'in اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين يا رب العالمين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا فإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا زدنا علما ورزقنا فهما برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم أرنا الحق حقا ورزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا ورزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعلهم التبسا علينا فنضل يا رب العالمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا أذب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفر يا رب العالمين اللهم باركنا في رجب وشعبان وبلغنا رمضان برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة توقنا أذاب النار وادخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي 
يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد واصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الحمد لله Uh, um, seg- segment of knowing my Lord Alhamdulillah At this moment we are busy in the Kish of Nabi Musa And yesterday we dealt with you In this process of Nabi Musa As he left his people from, uh, uh, He left with his family And went off to his family His, his mother and their, that family With the hope to be able to go there Allah Ta'ala has taken him And then offered him the opportunity to be the Nabi for his people and Allah has prepared him Nabi Musa was not really with, us, with the imagination that Allah has going to choose him but Allah showed him and Allah prepared him for certain things and Allah sent him as a messenger to his people but more so to Fir'aun and Allah says Fir'aun has violated the process the laws of Allah be gentle and kind with him and instruct and inform him and so Allah will send Nabi Musa to be that Nabi to deal with Fir'aun, Subhanak. And we've given our people an understanding which Fir'aun is this, so that we really understand what was the relationship between Fir'aun and Nabi Musa. The Fir'aun prior we saw with when Nabi Musa was uh, the, the baby, that is a different Fir'aun. The Fir'aun now is the very child that grew up with Nabi Musa. And Nabi Musa was sent to him to be able to remind him and to give him the message of who Allah is. We, we went in that, we looked at, at, at um, Surah Qasas, Surah uh, number 28, verse 36 to verse 40, or verses 36 to verse 40. And we also suggested for you the situation where Allah goes a bit more deeper in Surah Al-A'raf, Surah number 7, verse 103 to 129 those are the verses that we've recommended for you and we want to see the lessons and we're only but suggesting to you the reader the other listener to be able to go and read there so that you can also have direct link to these verses and understand the message may Allah grant khair and barakat to all of us inshallah <coughs> and so we've seen Nabi Musa coming to meet Fir'aun and we've seen how Nabi, uh, Nabi Musa showed Fir'aun the signs that Allah has given to him to give to Musa. And Fir'aun said, now show me those signs of Allah. And then Nabi Musa showed him through this, uh, the stick of Nabi Musa and it became a serpent. And, and, and what happened to the shock that Musa went through. And then when Nabi Musa when Fir'aun saw these things happen and he saw the signs of Nabi Musa's hand and it became a very, very bright and strong light, even stronger than the sun. Subhanak, it was amazing to him and he couldn't believe that that to be the reality. And he then approached his people to be able to ask him, what is your opinion? What do you think about this? We will then definitely be continuing on that. Now we are going straight into our first segment still, where Sheikh is speaking in our segment being Knowing My Lord, where Sheikh is still on the topic of Nabi Musa alayhi salam. Sheikh Tafaddal. 
Shukran for that one, Auntie Yasmina. We were busy with the section of Navi Musa in his meeting with Firaun. And we we came to the point where he showed Firaun the, the gifts. And, and, and Firaun then, when he saw the things that came from Allah and he realized that this was things above him, he addressed his wise men and he said to them, what is your opinion? What should we do? And they said to Musa, um, let them go. I'm sorry, they said to Fir'aun, the wise men said to Fir'aun, let them go, let Musa and, and his brother go, let, let them go and, and, and give them some some appointment at that stage. We um, we can actually, because they say, what we see in, in this that comes from Musa, it only shows us that he is part of the the great magicians who in actual fact came to use his magic on you. And they then said that magic that he is busy with, he intends to want to remove you from the earth and he wants to do harm to you. Subhanak. Obviously, this is not what Nabi Musa is with. And Nabi Musa accepted what, uh, what, what Firaun then said to him okay, then come back, I'll arrange a matter with you where we can have a. a if you think you were a magician, I have many magicians in the land and I can bring them all together and we can see whether your magic is better than their magic. Right? Um, and that's what Nabi Musa and, and Harun then accepted and they said to, uh, yes, we will come to meet you with you the day that you make the appointment for. And the appointment was made and Nabi Musa was then coming back to that moment to meet up with, with them. Right? That is where, where we've been to. What what we do see happen here is Nabi Musa uh, takes the process of uh, leaving from there onwards. Firaun and his wise men then structure those, the whole thing. They invite all the uh, um, different magicians that they have and wanting the magicians. And the magicians said, listen to Firaun as to what he said. And the magicians said to him, you expect us to be able to deal with, with this issue of Musa, if that is it, we don't have a problem, we will be doing so, we request of you, is there any reward for us when we beat Musa in our magic that we've been doing all these years, in comparison to what he comes with magic? Firaun immediately said, yes, there is, number one, I will give you honor and status and you will be my dear ones, and I will keep you close to me and I will serve you with whatever there is. Wow, is this what Firaun is going to do? So yes, we're ready. So they accepted it. And um, Nabi Musa was then invited with, with Nabi Harun to come and use the uh, magic on the magic of the, the, the magicians that there is in, in Egypt at that moment. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And Allah allowed the process to happen where the Nabi Musa comes and meets up with him. And when he comes and meets up with him, now remember Nabi Musa has, is, is a Nabi. He's got nothing else. All he has is that which Allah has given unto him. And Allah has given unto him in the reality only two things. The one is the stick, changing it into a serpent. And the other one, when he takes his hand out of his pocket and he raises it, it will be like a light shining. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And Allah allows Nabi Musa meeting up with a the, the day when they came, Firaun made sure he invited the whole world. 
He invited everybody of the land to come forward and to notice and see. And he made a moment of festivity. He made it in an open arena where everybody's going to see. He had the hope that for that matter, his magicians is going to overpower the magic of Musa and it's going to show Musa down in the process, right? And, and so thus he invited everybody. He wanted everybody to observe and to see. And he thought that he was going to overcome this Firaun. He was going to overcome with his powers that he has with these magicians to be greater than that of Musa. Allahu Akbar. Instead, the moment came when Nabi Musa was at this open arena when all the people were there. And Nabi Musa saw all the magicians and they ready. And um, they said to Musa, uh, will you throw or shall we throw? Will you start or shall we start? And Nabi Musa said to them, no, proceed. Show us what you can do. And they were informed by Fir'aun about what happened, that he came with his stick and um, it turned into a serpent and whatever. And so they then had their sticks and their things and they threw it in front of everybody and Allah describes it in the Quran by saying they only but did to whatever you saw happening there it appeared as if things is moving but these things was laying dead still and wasn't moving at all but it's, they actually just um, made, made, uh, placed the magic onto the eyes of the people who looked at the situation right so with this trick that they did Nabi Musa then after they, th they threw this Nabi Musa threw the, st the stick, he stick on the ground, and when his st stick landed on the ground, he turned into a snake. This massive, massive serpent, and the massive serpent went forward and actually consumed all the things that they had. It went and it took it all, and and, and it's as as if it ate ate up all all the, all these sticks and their things. And they were amazed at this because they, they've never seen something like this prior. They were shocked. And suddenly, um, and, 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 and the snake came back to Nabi Musa, and Nabi Musa picked it up, and here it was the stick again. And seeing this, they were amazed because they've never ever done something in their whole life of magic, in their life and the years that they have had of magic, and the experience and the way they were taught to become magicians. They never ever dreamt or never saw something like this. And they knew it was in no sense a comparison to what they have as magic. And Allah Ta'ala indicates to us in the Holy Qur'an at various places um, Allah indicates what happened and when they saw this and they realized this and they saw the hand of Nabi Musa and how it shone and the, ex the extent of the, 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 the power of the light that there is in his hand they realized that this is not magic, this is something other this is not the normal magic, that is not their skill. They've got no relationship to this, this cannot be magic. They knew this, they immediately identified this. And thus, when they identified that, they didn't consult with another, they just recognized it all. They, all of them, all of them recognized it is truly not the magic that they are dealing with. It's something much superior to this. And then they consulted Musa as to where, how and what. And they realized, wow, 
if this is what Musa says, Musa is coming from his Lord with us, then this is something from Allah, this is Allah's powers and this is not from Musa, neither is it from, from the sense of magic. And immediately they went down and went into sujood. And they identified Nabi Musa and Nabi Harun as the people who brought to them the haqq. When Fir'aun saw this, that they bowed down to Musa and to the actions of Musa, he became so agitated. And he said to them, why are you doing this? I haven't even given you instructions to do this, why are you doing They said, no, you don't need to give us instructions, this is obvious, this, does, this is not magic, this comes from Allah. This is a clear sign that Allah that I has sent these people to be able to guide you and me and everybody, and it comes from Allah. Fir'aun became so agitated, became so affected by this situation, and he said, how dare you? How dare you tell me? I will definitely reward you and comfortably for what you're doing. They said, you will reward us, do whatever you want to. He said, I will punish you. I will cut off your legs and your arms and I will hang you in public. They said to him, you want to do that? Yeah, you have the power to do whatever you want to on this earth, just do it. Do it. We are afraid of nothing. You can take our, our bodies, you can do with it what you want to, because that's what you and your father has been doing all the time. You're doing all the harm and all the sin and you're corrupting everything. And you want everybody to believe you have power, but your power is nothing in comparison to the power of Allah. And so do what you want to do. You are, for now, do just what you want to do. You, you claim always the same, you prove all. But one thing you cannot change, you cannot take our hearts, you cannot take our belief, and that we have in Allah, the Rabb of Musa and the Rabb of Fir'aun. The Rabb of Musa, your Rabb and the Rabb of Harun. Allahu Akbar. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. These people who were the magicians, remember just some time before, they were ready to be able to serve Fir'aun in against what Musa came with. But here they realize that what they are seeing in front of them, this is not magic. The magic that they are busy with. Not any one of them ever has, because they've all learned from one another. Fir'aun, on the other hand, became so uncomfortable about with the situation that he said to Nabi Musa, This is a clear sign that you are the main magician, and your magic, you use your, your, mag your magic skills, to, and you taught them, and you kept certain things away from them, and now you use the main powers against them. So that is the reason why you're in charge, why you won. It's your magic. But they just said to, 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 to Fir'aun, That which Musa came with is not magic. That, and, and, and then they identified to the powers of Allah and they sujood to the powers of Allah and they said, we believe in the law that Musa and Harun came with. Allahu Akbar, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So they submitted to all that. And then, unfortunately, Fir'aun, what he said to them, but he's going to reward them severely in punishment, he did that. He actually took those people, he uh, cut off their hands, the right, the one, uh, the one hand, some of them he cut off the right hands and the left foot. One of the right hand and the left foot, and the others he cut off the right, the right foot and the left, uh, the, uh, um, the, the right foot and the left hand. And so, so he did it for all in different formats and he hanged them in public until they die. 
right? Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. But they were prepared to go through all that, and this is how Allah granted them to, sh- to show how these people were prepared to serve to the cause of, of Allah Ta'ala at the time when Allah showed them via Nabi Musa's actions that that was not magic, and they followed that to the best of their ability. It so happened that it was so uncomfortable for Fir'aun. And Allah Ta'ala, and, and he, in Nabi, uh, Fir'aun felt bad because in public, in public where he wanted the, the, the magicians to be able to, to beat Musa, unfortunately it was shown that this power is greater than that. The, pub, the public that was there was now seen, but the powers of Fir'aun is not as powerful. There is another power out there. So the, some of the people who had insight as human beings, and especially the group of people that is known to be the Israelites as the slaves of Fir'aun, they were the people who identified, wow, so the message of Musa is in truth, they, they saw it. And, and they have now listened to Nabi Musa and heard him speaking and telling when Nabi Musa feeding um, his, the people, the, the Israelites, as to the reason why he uh, Allah sent him as a messenger to his people and he was going to take them out there but there is going to be a process where Nabi Musa needs to deal with Fir'aun first and until that moment is finished um, Nabi Musa is going to deal with them and is going to take them to the freedom that Allah is going to grant them thereafter Subhanak. in the process um, Fir'aun then said to Musa okay I, I will consider what you came with and what you what you brought um, but grant me some space and subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah nabi musa returned to fir'aun from time to time to listen to his processes and unfortunately he has proven to be a person to lie to nabi musa he was is as what we say hoping to be able to work with with, with time now as time goes on um, he just wanted to keep control of the people and he didn't want to have Musa to take the people away. And so Allah, Nabi Musa said to him, Allah promises us Allah is going to give you so many challenges until you come to the path. Or you're going to take the reward of being disobedient to Allah. Fir'aun has proven himself to be a person who was not ready to be able to serve the cause of Allah he couldn't accept the fact that there's anything greater than him he was so mighty and so powerful he thought himself better than everything and everybody he had this perception that he is better uh, and he cannot be compared and he felt his might and his power is going to be taken away and, and he felt that he's going to fight and he's going to carry on fighting this power that's going to be out there and he couldn't accept it to come from Musa but Musa said to him this is Allah the Lord of everything Allah gives you the opportunity to be able to admit to Allah and see that and Allah is going to grant you reminders from time to time and subhanak Allah send as Allah mentions in the Quran send different types of things to be able to remind Musa to remind Fir'aun how Allah is the creator. Things like Allah have sent a, a, a time when Allah changed the water of the whole of Egypt into blood. 
and they were all shocked. Now they, it was if you want to drink water or do you want to use water and you find that there's no water and all the water that there is ever has turned into blood, how are you going to use it for water? And this is subhanak. And he called upon, when Firaun saw this, he called upon Musa and said to Musa, I see what your Lord has done. Um, I'm going to offer, I, 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 I will consider the processes. Ask your Lord to pardon us and to be able to accept us. We, we're going to come onto your path. And then later on, Allah will send locust. But um, once in Afrikaans is sprankana. And it ate up all the crops that there is in Egypt. right? And so there was no more food. It ate up all the things. There was nothing for them to be able to, to be left behind. Again, one after the other, Allah will send. Some time after that, Allah will send to them. Um, what do we say? The, the land was covered with frogs. Frogs just everywhere there was frogs to be found. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And this is how Allah will send Allah's messengers and reminders to Fir'aun to be able to grant him the opportunity to come and accept from Allah. You heard Sheikh ending off our very first segment being Knowing My Lord. And now we're carrying on to our second part of the program being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me? And here Sheikh is going to be doing a recap as to where Sheikh stopped yesterday just to give our brains a little bit of a refresher. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran jazakalakhat, barakalafikum. Thanks for that one, Yasmina. Alhamdulillah, uh, we're busy in our second, second segment. I'm a Muslim, so what is expected of me? Um, in this segment, we are dealing with a pre, uh, 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 all those things in, in from the Salah, the prerequisites of the Salah, and, and we're looking at all the things that we need to deal with of cleansing and with the type of things that we need to cleanse so that we, our bodies and those things that we're dealing with in Ibadah is be done appropriately. We spoke about um, yesterday the issue of the of the different forms of Najasa that there is and we looked at the one the thing called Madi and Wadi we dealt with that one and then we dealt with the situation of the the dung of animals that cannot be eaten uh, 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 if you find dung is the dung pure clean or not or is it not and we we said to you the if it is the dung of animals like birds those are pure or natural, there's nothing wrong, but it's, it's, it's usually very small, soft. But the dung of animals, is some dung that lays around. And uh, is it possible for you to eat it, yes or no? We mentioned about the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he requested of the Sahabi Radiallahu Anhu to bring him some stones for him to redeem himself and use those stones to, for the, doing the istinja, to cleanse himself. Um, the Sahabi said, I brought to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam two stones and a piece of dung. And then he took the two stones and he discarded the dung saying, it is full. These where we ended yesterday. And, and then we said that there's a few other things that we need to deal with. Um, the next one, after having to deal with, with those ones, is the issue of some of the Sahaba the Sahabi yet the woman, the ladies of the Sahaba, the Sahaba they spoke to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about menstrual blood. Um, how does one clean that? The daughter of Abu Bakr radiallahu anha by the name of Asma um, stated that a woman came to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and said 
We get menstrual blood on our clothing. So what should we do? The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied, Rub it, then scratch it off with water and then wet it. And then you can pray in it. Now, when you look at, at, at the process, the way the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said it, meaning it must be washed clean, it must be washed out, you must rub it off, scratch it off uh, with water, meaning wash it. In our modern form of washing, washing machine, process, the things that we're using, that is all permissible in there. And then wet it, meaning rinse it thereafter, and, and, and allow it to dry, and then you pray in it. Subhanak la hawla wa la illa billah Meaning showing to us the, the format of washing then in comparison that we have today But it's the process, the, uh, the understood format of cleansing the thing May Allah open the path, right? That is in the menstrual blood And that another uh, form thing that is happening especially in our life today still um, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked, Abu Hurairah narrated that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa said, the purifying of one of your bowls or your containers that has been licked by a dog in it is to be washed seven times. The first time with, 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 with sand, with clay, with the, the coarseness of the earth. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. So here in this one, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shows us that if a dog was using a container or a container was somewhere to be found and a dog leaked out of it, any container or in anything, it can be cleaned. Now, the saliva of the dog is there is things in it that is harmful to us and that's why in islam we need to recognize that we do not allow dogs we do not play with dogs directly neither do we have the dogs in our homes neither do we touch the dog or allow the dog to lick unto us for it leaves behind something that is negative and that the nabi says the saliva of the dog that it gives off there's harm in it negativity in it it has a germ in it that can manifest the moment you wait, make it wet, it's white wet, it becomes uh, uh, active, the germ, it can harm you. As right? May Allah protect all of us. And our Nabi says, it can be cleansed. How do we clean it? By having, now remember, before I go to there, uh, you and I didn't know this. You and I don't know this. Um, we see what happens in the world that we're living in as if there is nothing wrong. We become aware of it because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa speaks about it. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa only speaks about it because Allah wants to inform you and me. Because we didn't know. And I say we, I mean the whole human race, we didn't know this. And the, the, as we, if we look into life, we see the non-Muslims, it's a common thing to have dogs around. It's filthy, it's dirty, it's corruptive, it's destructive, it's, it brings harm, it brings pain, it brings uncomfort to life. And they live with it. Na'udhu Billah, our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to us, there's harm in it. It can harm you, so this is the way you need to cleanse if you want to use it. And if the dog touches us, how must the cleansing be done unto us?
We're in our second part of the program, being I am a Muslim, what is expected of me, and your Sheikh will be continuing. Sheikh Tafatul. Shukran Jazakar for that one, Auntie Yasmina. Just before the break, we were busy mentioning um, the saliva of dogs and the fact that these things are filth and dirt and, and it can harm us. Now the better. So, from an Islamic perspective, no Muslim holds a dog in his house. He doesn't play with the dog and he doesn't treat the dog as a pet. It's not a pet from an Islamic perspective. It can be kept in the, the house, or not in the house, it can be kept around the house um, where it is most probably looking after a, sa- a safety protection pr- purposes uh, to, to, to frighten off people from who wants to do harm or wants to steal or wants to do wrong. Uh, and, and it can also be a dog that is there to be able to the, the, the watchdog for, 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 for animals or the, that brings the animals back like the sheep and the goats and those things back um, to the, to the, to the to at night if for that matter the dog the animals has gone off to um, to eat and then they come back the dog brings them back subhanak this this is permissible in Islam our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa showed us very clear that dogs shouldn't be 40 steps near to the front door of the house right you you can keep the dog to the back side of the place or to the side of the house there's nothing wrong um, but the dogs cannot be used as a pet Muslimin may not use dogs as pets and treat them as pets and play with them and and and, and, and no 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 Allah has given them a specific role and they are not ever going to be seen as a pet yes if the dog gets hurt or needs attendance and you need to take it to the SPCA there's nothing wrong that's permissible but from the size of dog being accepted and lived by by Muslimin it's never ever out the Nabi sallallahu made it very clear it's not to be considered an animal that we give the right to. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. And then there is a question that came through with regards to what Sheikh has been mentioning. And it says, with regards to what Sheikh says about the dogs, am I then allowed to avoid visiting my Muslim family who keeps dogs in their homes at times? Okay, the question the person asked uh, is permissible for me to visit them. It's recommended that uh, if, if these people are families of us to be able to inform them. Remember in Islam, um, if, if my brother does something wrong, then I see it. I've been given exposure to that, and I know not to do. It's not to break down. Islam says, no, don't break down, don't. Islam says, now you, you were exposed to the reality. Most probably they are not exposed. So Allah has given you exposure so that you can be there to guide others, right? Now Allah has given us exposure, and thus we actually share this with you on the radio. And similarly, you, the listener, has now been exposed. If you know your family members, you, and, and they haven't been exposed, then you get to them and expose them. Show them, let them understand, and tell them this is the law of Allah Ta'ala. It is our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made it absolutely clear that it is not permissible in the life of a Muslim that a dog must be, be kept as a, as a, as a, a pet. It is not kept inside our homes. It must probably outside. Yes, it may be able to live outside. You don't treat it with 
disrespect, you treat it as an animal with respect, you don't harm it, you don't hurt it, um, you don't treat it bad, you treat it with decency, it's an animal around you, it has a job to do, or uh, it's, it's around you there, there's nothing wrong with that is concerned, as long as the animal do not lick onto you, as long as the animal does not eat in, on your things, you keep it aside, and you don't treat it as a pet. Remember, dogs can never be a pet in the life of a Muslim. So if your Muslim brother and sister and you are exposed to that and you see the wrong, remember our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to us, Man ra'a minkum munkaran fal If you see any wrong or harm or, in, or negativity done by any other, other person, then you must bring change to that. You need to either uh, bring the physical change or you need to speak up, or if for that matter your circumstances doesn't allow you, you must hide the fact of doing, but you cannot keep quiet and then say, I just stay away. No, you cannot stay away. Your knowing gear, your interaction with them, your direction, you're going to be able to speak and interact with them. And don't just use the system today. I send them a message, or it's on, the, uh, uh, on, on WhatsApp or, or on, on, on social media and the information is there. Don't use that. Because would you like other people to show you your faults by having to use whatever there is in the modern form? Or would you want them to personally speak to you? We are taught if you see something wrong, then you call that person one side because it's an error that they do. They don't realize the seriousness of this and speak to them about the seriousness they of. Make them understand. And especially, or if you feel that you are not capable of dealing with the situation, then get them or get you get somebody who can guide them accordingly. What is the this, this system? But that is not in this occasion of the dogs. This is in everything for that we actually deal with. Muslimin cannot, may not remain silent on any error or fault that you and I see. We must do something to it. We either take the responsibility ourselves and move forward and see what best we can do. And or we get to be able to guide people to, we direct them to, make references to, we referrals to, so that they can be guided as what we do when we cannot teach our children, we send them to a madrasa or we ask others who can refer us to where there is a good madrasa that can do certain things. This is the way we need to treat the situation of every other Muslim. If the person is a Muslim person who didn't know he was doing it wrong, we don't make an issue of it and we do not break down on this.